Welcome to the Storytime Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Monius. On this premiere episode, I sit down with my longtime friend and sports fanatic, Tim Cage. We talk about being a diehard sports fan and how he navigates the shady underbelly of those on the bandwagon. Tim also points out if you're going to be a true sports fan, you better know your stuff. Later, we discuss the slap seen and heard all over the interwebs and the segment I like to call Would You Rather. Hope you enjoy it. Storytime Podcast is Chapmonious. Today we'll be delving into a little bit of uh, fanaticism, not the kind that you would see at the local football game with the paint on their face and the and the wrestlers' helmets and them going crazy and holding up Chucky dolls. No, we're not talking about that that fanaticism. We're going to talk about the origins of it. How did it all start? How did it all groom? And our our guest today is Tim. Tim Cage. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Glad you can be a part of this. Oh, I'm glad to be here. You know, in full disclosure, I've known Tim since we were seventh grade. We both went to junior high and high school together. So we do have a history, but it's just one of those questions where we never really talk about. You know, we always talk about how we, you know, we like certain teams, but have we really talked about why we like them? And I think, think, you know, we have the background for over, you know, 20 plus years that, you know, I'm, I'm interested in what he has to say. So. So Tim, tell me a little bit about yourself. As for, you know, as far as your, you know, not not everything, but just tell me the things you like, you know, sports wise and, and social wise. I'm a huge sports fan. Sports oh. is my life. Mm. I can't live without sports. Sports saved my life out here in these streets of LA. It gave me an alternative, so to speak, to not get involved in all of that other riffraff that was going on in our city at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an outlet, a personal outlet for me to keep me focused on other things. And you grew up in the 80s, right? Well, we're the same age, so yeah, you grew up in the, in the late 80s, am I correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I was a huge sports fan even before the late 80s. You oh, know, wow. yeah, I can remember the late 70s. And, you know, like my mom always said, you was all you was born a Laker fan because I was born in 72 when the Lakers won their first title. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So basically that would be your first memory of your favorite sports team that you have now. Oh, absolutely, man. I was born a Laker fan. So, you know, my mom was a huge Laker fan and she watched Mm -hmm. all the games. My dad was a huge sports fan as well. You know, he played football for Manual Arts High School. Okay. Toilers, okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, or Toilers, yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Fanaticism at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. We're even going down to the high school level, but we'll get to you. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good, man. So, you know, I've been around sports all my life. So, you know, I had two good influences with my parents. So, you know, and then all my cousins and everything. So, you know, so it's just I've been a fan of sports for a long time, man, a long time. Now, so that being that young and being, like I said, 72, and that made you like almost an infant when that happens. But it's just so happened that your parents loved that your mother and father loved the Lakers. Therefore, being around that time kind of even – puts it more of a personal thing for yourself because now you're like, I'm associated with Lakers beating up on, it was the 76ers, right? No, after, after the year I was born, it was the Knicks. They beat oh, the was Knicks. The Knicks. Right. Yeah, they beat the Knicks. That's Jerry West style. Okay, yeah, Jerry West. Jerry West. Okay. Jerry West and Chamberlain. And that's the oh. year that, that Elgin retired. He went to all those finals and never won. And then nine, ten games into the season, he retired. You know, okay. so it was just uh, Jerry West, Wilt, uh, Elgin Bay, I mean, not Elgin Baylor, uh, uh, Goodrich, Gail Goodrich. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. So Back when Chick Hearn was young. Right. Not the, 
not that I remember that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because like you said, I was born, but you know, I just that's what I was told by my my parents. You know, I was always mm-hmm. born a Laker fan. You know what I mean? So you know, it just carried on, and I don't remember watching any games per se. After mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the first games I really remember watching was when Magic came. You know, because my my mother she was like a huge Magic fan. You know, she Showtime. loved to smile Showtime. and and you know this this guy she talked Magic this Magic that Magic this. So <laughs> you know, I I'm six years old and with seventy nine five six years old. So you know that's when I really start actually watching the games. You know what I mean? So and that's and that's when it started. You know that first season with Magic and. You know, I, I, I've been a fan. I was hooked ever since. <laughs> now, I want to ask you a question, and maybe this is maybe for the later on in, in, in the segment. But do you think that if the L.A. Lakers were like the Cleveland Cavaliers, saying during back then, would you still have that same veracity for loving that team? Oh, absolutely, because they represented our city. Right. You know, that was it, was it was it was all a local thing. Well, hold, we on, have, hold on, hold we on. We didn't have – you had the Clippers, sir. Let, let's let's have full no, disclosure. You they were the in, they were not in L.A. Oh, they were in San Diego. They're yes, in San Diego. See? True fan. True yeah, fan. they were in San Diego. They were right. not in L.A. Right. So right. you know, it was just all it was. It was Lakers, Dodgers, mm-hmm. uh, Lakers, Dodgers, Kings. You know, we didn't have and the Rams and USC football and UCLA basketball. Those were the big six, basically. You well, know okay, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, that's – and I, I shouldn't slight USC basketball at that time because they were pretty good too, but right. they just couldn't get past UCLA Yeah, they basketball. couldn't get – yeah, right. yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, because yeah. at that time, everybody didn't go to the tournament, you know. So, right, S- yeah. SC would finish like 30-3, and three, you know, and all three losses would be – UCLA. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. Now, and, 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 that, and that you brought that up between USC and UCLA. Uh, I know you said you're more of a football fan when it comes to USC and more of a basketball fan when it comes to UCLA. How does that, how do you treat that in, in even now, you know, even in now when, you know, when the animus is just so, you know, UCLA versus USC, they call us what, they call them ruins. Mm-hmm. They call us what, spoiled children. I'm saying us because I am a USC fan. Right. You know, I just let you know that now. But how do, how do you feel about that now? Well, it's, it's, it's tradition-based. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, 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 and USC basically put all their resources into football. Right. You know, they all put and, and, and vice versa with UCLA. They put all their resources into basketball. You know what I mean? So that kind of, you know, made it hard for us to cheer for each school at that time. But it got personal for me when I was in high school. So I was playing basketball in high school. So, you know, as a kid in the city, you know, we would go to the different colleges and try to play with the different players from the colleges while we were in high school. But we could never really step foot on UCLA's campus. They would come, security would come and kick us off. You know, you guys don't belong here. You know, you got these black kids over here walking around the UCLA campus. And-, and, and just so everyone knows, Tim Cage was an all-city guard for Dorsey High School. So yeah, I can not play like, a little bit. So, so, yeah, he, you know, he might be a little <laughs> modest now in his old age. But, you know, he, he, he knew how to pass the rock, throw the rock, shoot the rock, the whole thing. So it's not like he's coming in it as a novice guy going to the local playground. He knows all these guys. Right. And so with USC, you know, you can, you could, you could have 
go on campus and play with the guys, Dwayne Cooper and, you know, Renzo Orr and all of those mm-hmm. guys, you know what I mean? And they would give you, like, their little T-shirts. And back in that day, you know, they would give out tennis shoes and, you know, give <laughs> us their tennis shoes, you know, because they got all that stuff for free. You know, they would give us their tennis shoes, you know. So it was more of a, you know, basically USC was right in the hood. You know, as anybody right, know, right. USC is dead smack in the hood. Right. So right. it was more of an open campus to all the kids around. You know, when we traveled by bus, we would catch the bus everywhere. Right. So we would we travel by bus and we go on to the campus and play with those guys. As soon as we go out to UCLA, you know, they would look at us like, what are you guys doing out here? You know, you don't go here, get off the campus. The security would escort us out the campus. Oh, so, so, what you're saying, so what you're saying is that your dislike for UCLA, and I can call it dislike for UCLA football, is based upon, I wouldn't call it trauma for when you were young, but just basically not giving you the same respect USC did. Exactly. Exactly. So okay. that's where the disdain for UCLA comes in. See, you I don't want to call it disdain because we do have mutual UCLA people. I know we don't have, and I'm going to say we again because we're both, we don't have disdain for them. We just, we, we, we see them, uh, 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 is it, I don't know if it's if it's we're thumbing our nose up at them, putting our nose up at them. Right. But they are, you know, they they have to understand they're lower tier, like they're not USC. But now, and also disclosure, we're not USC graduates either. No, not at all. Our 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 diehardness, and I'm kind of injecting into it, is based upon personal experience, not because we graduated from that school. Right. Because you know, like we said, we all grew up in the hood of LA, Mm -hmm. and USC is right there, smack in the hood. So, you know, we would, you know, the Coliseum's right there. They played at the Coliseum. They used to play at the sports arena, which is right there. You know, so you know, we used to sneak into the to the football games, sneak into the basketball games. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was more of a they were more community based, so to speak. Even though they're only eight, US UCLA is only eight nine miles away. It just felt like they was further out than that. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, right, they right. only eight miles, nine miles away, but it felt like they were 30 miles away. A different world. Yes, yeah, in a whole different world. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's that's where, you know, my allegiance goes because everything was right. You know, the form was in Inglewood, so, you know, the Lakers played there. Just didn't get take long to get there. The Raiders right. played at the Coliseum. Right. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, you know, yes. and at that time, the Rams had moved out to Anaheim. You know, so it was, it was, it was, you know, my loyalty lies right here, this smack in the heart of South Central LA. <laughs> you know in the, there you go. In I'm the so, heart yeah. of South Central LA. You so know, it's, it's, it's definitely personal. It resonates with you. It resonates that you are representing your town. So whether if you were living in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. or Tampa Bay, you'll still be caring for the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, yeah. You know, there, or you'd be losing, you know, during that time, during Cleveland, during the 80s and 90s. They wouldn't win anything, so you would still represent them the same right. way you represented Exactly, LA. because everything now, was local. Right, and that being said, when was the first time you th- you ever had to say stand up for the honor of, of your of your team? Not in a violent way. I mean, no, just just you know whatever. Yes. What the earliest member of you saying, you know what? I'm a Raider fan, and my foot's down, and you can't tell me no different. I became a diehard Raider fan in 1980 when. They beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Okay. With Kenny King and Jim Plunkett, you know, Lester Hayes and wow. Mike Haynes and, you know, the Stork and Rod Martin. Mm. You know, Dorsey those guys. Didn't he went to Dorsey, right? Yes, yes, he did. Yes, yes he, he did. did. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cliff Branch, you know, wow. but yeah. I had because, none of me, I quick story on that. Mm-hmm. The year before, you remember the Rams were in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, against Pittsburgh. The, at the Rams Rose were in the Super Bowl against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh at the Rose Bowl. And mm-hmm. that's when you were kind of teetering on on the Rams and the Raiders, <laughs> you know, especially as a young guy, you're teetering right. because we knew all the Rams players too. You know, the Jack Youngblood, Jack Farragamo, Youngblood, Jim Youngblood, Irv Cro- Irv, yeah, Irv, uh, yeah, all, oh yeah, my, uh, oh yeah, Rod Perry, Pat Rod Thomas, Perry. Nolan oh. Cromwell, wow, Nolan you know what Cromwell. I'm saying, Wendell Both Tyler, Youngblood yeah, Both Youngblood brothers, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, so we were kind of teetering on it, and everybody right. hated the Steelers because the Steelers right. was always winning, right, 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 so, right. and then that fourth quarter came, and the Rams just laid down. You know, saying in the Steelers, <laughs> you know they they went they went right by him in the fourth quarter with the long passes to to uh, John Starworth and right. As you remember, they had, I don't know if you remember they had put Lynn Swan out the game earlier in the game. They right. put him out. Yeah, it was a shoulder you know, or something like that. Right, right. right. Yeah. So it, they just had John Starworth and he caught that pass over the shoulder mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So you know, and then the next year the, the Raiders came to the Super Bowl against the Eagles, and I just saw like. They just functioned. They were nasty. And that was just something like I can identify with. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to be that way. Then my favorite player ended up getting drafted by the, the Raiders, Marcus Allen from USC. Oh, wow. There's another yeah, connection. Yeah. Yeah. He got ended up getting drafted by the Raiders. And then I was I was hooked in from there. <laughs> and I've been that way ever since. I know we're only a couple minutes into the podcast, but it's safe to say that you have never been nowhere near driven or helped put gas in a uh, a bandwagon whatsoever. No, I don't even know what that is. I mean, I I, I see it in other people, uh-huh. <laughs> but I but I, I I ride, die, breathe, eat, sleep all my teams. You know, Lakers, Dodgers, Raiders, USC football. Mm-hmm. You know, those are my guys, and I, I ride and die with them, no matter what happens. That's, you know, yeah, that's it. O for the season or undefeated. Wow. And anybody that knows me knows that. <laughs> I think, sir, that's why you're a guest on this show today, because we know that, you know, your, your opinion is more or less not what you post on social media or what shirt you wear, or what license plate cover you have. It's sometimes it's a little bit, it's a little bit more than that. Right. It, it's, it's a little bit deeper. Some people do. It's like, hey, you know, I've, I have a friend that I've known for years and all of a sudden he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Right. How did that happen? How did that happen? I've never seen not a Kansas City Chief. I've never seen a Lynn Dawson uniform, or I can't even think of any other, you know, Cleveland, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs back then. But I never noticed that. But, you know, those are people like you kind of shun or look look down upon on that. So I see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I like like some guys, I can I can tell that they bandwagon, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm like a sports historian and walking encyclopedia. You know, I, I'll, I'll test you on your own team. Right. I'll say, hey, you know, you you remember this guy played for y'all, and then look at me like he did. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I can't. I see, I can't have a, a conversation with you. Right. You know, like if I can't have a conversation with a Cleveland guy and don't know who Brian Sipe is, you know right. what I mean? Right. You right. know what I'm saying? I can't. I can't have that conversation <laughs> with a guy who don't know who Mark Price is. Right. You or know Bernie, what I'm saying? Bernie Kozar. Bernie Kozar. You know or, what I mean? The f- who fumbled in the end zone. Right. You know, right. You know, you can't say Gerald Wilhite. This is Gerald Wilhite, right? No, that was um, uh, Ernest Biner. De- Ernest Biner. Gerald Ernest Wilhite played Biner. for, Gerald Wilhite played for played Denver. For the, oh, the Broncos. The Broncos. You know, we don't, don't, don't want to talk about them. But no, the Browns and the Broncos. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> West, no, but I was really and that was Sammy, Sammy Winder days with the Broncos. Sammy Winder. Oh, my goodness. Those. Yeah. You know, John Elway and all them guys. See, so, uh, you know, I, I, 
I so you used to a, used to pull people's level. cards. You used oh, to pull yeah. people's cards. Now, would you do it randomly, or you just let it slide a couple of times, or it's just straight up like a snake? No, I would, I would, I would, I would just listen to you, and just mm-hmm. we once we start talking, we'll start off having a casual conversation about sports, mm-hmm. you know, and then because it happens at work all the time. You know, you you get with these people from different nationalities and they call themselves fans. And, you know, so I'll, I'll hit them with a question. And if you can answer that question, then I will go a little deeper. You now, are you doing I mean? this to people that are just as, I guess I don't want to use a fanatic. Let's do diehard. Just as diehard as you, it's just they try to represent and you're questioning that their representation? No, I'll do it with more bandwagon. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Bandwagon. Because, I mean, you could tell a diehard. A diehard yeah. is a diehard. You know, it, you can, it just oozes out of them. You can smell mm. it. You can, you can see it. You can hear it. You know what I mean? So you don't, you don't question diehards. Right. You know what I mean? Because you go, okay, well, he's just like me. Or, you know, he's a diehard, so I already know how he gets down. But in a sense, with these new fans, like, you know, I call them like LeBron fans. You know, like these, these Cleveland fans, they can't tell you anything before what happened before LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Right. And before anything before LeBron, they have no idea what the heck's going on with Cleveland or right. even Golden State. You know, and a lot of right. these fans can't even tell you about run TMC. You know what right. I mean? With, with, with Mitch Richmond and Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen, you mm. know, and ugly Tyrone Hill. You know what, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, they don't yeah, know nothing about right. that. And right. Rod Higgins. You know, they don't or know even, anything or about Or let's that. make it easy for them. Just say Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, they don't even know anything about Latrell Sprewell when he right, choked right. the coach. They don't even know anything about that. He, he choked P.J. Carlissimo. Yeah, P.J. Carlissimo. You know what? And, and I think, and, I, and I'm going to say this. I wonder if this feeds into being a diehard. Is it when you know your squad or you know that's like you say, you're, you're bas- you play basketball. I know you were at football, which is really funny how you like one team from one side but not the team from the other side. It, it you know you're you're I guess you could say you're a, a connoisseur of the sport, right? Of sports as a general, in general. And if you, and if you're going to claim to be such, or even claim to uh, represent that team in a way that I feel should be represented, like you know, if you see a cowboy fan, you want them to be full cowboyed up, just like you're full raided up, right? Correct. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't tell. Don't start with. Don't start with. Especially if you're you're my age. Mm-hmm. You don't don't start with Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and you know I need to know about Hollywood Henderson I need to know about Tony Dorsett Roger Starback Tony Hill Drew Pearson you know what I mean I need to know about those guys Randy White you right know, you know what I'm saying Two Tall Jones you know what I mean hell even take it back way back to Tom Landry's early days you know I need I don't need to start with Jimmy Johnson and even if you start there. You know, I still don't. We didn't know anything past that. If you start there, then we, we can't have a we can't have a sports conversation. <laughs> we, unless unless you of that age, then I get it. You know, I totally get it. If you were young at that time and a kid like I was, and okay, hey, you know that's what he started. He don't know it. But even then, you have to. Like I said, I go back. I you know I was born a Laker fan, but I go. I can go. I can tell you. I didn't see a game, but I can almost tell you everything that happened. You know, right, right, <laughs> right, right. You know because. At our age, we didn't have internet, so we had no. to read. We had to read. You and know, we, yeah, we had or, to read the or stats. Listen to a really weak AM station, right? That would cut in and out with the salsa music every five seconds. And you got to listen to Chick Hearn and and who was back then? Was it Chick Hearn? And, it was uh, Keith Erickson. Keith Erickson, yeah, yeah. Keith Erickson. My dad used to call him the human parrot. <laughs> the human parrot. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Keith 
Erickson. Keith Erickson. Oh, and oh before that, God. it before that it was Pat Riley. Yeah, yeah. What was the guy that was end up being his uh end up coaching for LME? Was that Keith Erickson? No, that was um the the coach for the Lakers, Paul Westfall. Paul Westfall. There yeah, that's go. the one there Magic got fired. Him and that's Magic weren't getting along. Yeah, yes. See? See, yeah. I'm too old, man. I, I I remember all the specific details. It's just sometimes it's like a puzzle, and I can't really put it because you know, like like you said, being for me being a Laker fan was like with my with my same with my father. My mother didn't care less about sports. Right. But it was him watching those games in a little small black and white, you know, TV with the aluminum foil for the uh, antenna. Channel and nine. I, channel nine. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know the the whole the whole showtime, and then you got the. When it got older and you got the, the color television, which everybody should have by the 80s, you start looking at NBC and you start watching the, you know, the, the song will come on. You know, it's time for the Laker game to come on. Remember, yeah. remember the home games used to come on prime, uh, prime ticket. Right. On, on, on and select TV. Right. You had to have that key. You can turn that key on that box. You were not watching. Yeah, because only the road games came on, on on Channel 9. Right. The home games used to come on on, on and select TV. I do remember that. Prime ticket. But what I remember most about watching Lakers on TV, especially on Channel 4, was Tommy Heinsohn. Oh, oh and my Tom, God. You thought, everybody talked about, oh, I hate Chris Collinsworth because he's so homery, or I hate Skip Bayless. If you're not Tommy Heinsohn, and <laughs> I know some of you guys may not be our age, but Tommy Heinsohn used to be a, a diehard Boston Celtic. I mean, mm-hmm. he was tried and true. He's, him at Red Arbuck, you know, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy. He was there too. Yeah, he got he got about eight rings. He got about eight rings, <laughs> and he would do the play by play for the national televised Laker game. I didn't care if it was Lakers versus Boston. Hey, I can understand because we got Chick Hearn. Right, I understand that. But this dude, I don't care if Magic would have shot it from the hot dog stand. It wasn't good enough. Right. He talked so bad about Cooper, Michael Cooper, one of the guards for Lakers back then, so bad that my father turned off the sound and we started listening to, to Chick Hearn on the radio. I believe it because he was the ultimate homer. He was, he was the, <laughs> but he was the Celtics' second ultimate homer. The first one was they, they got Johnny Most. <laughs> right, Johnny right, Most. Remember right, Johnny right. Most? Yeah. With the raspy voice, yeah. Johnny oh, Most, right, my yeah. God. He was just, he hated the Lakers. He hated the Lakers. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. And the first time I really had to to like like defend the Lakers was when they lost to the Celtics in '84. Okay. When they had control of that series. They had uh, control of the series. They were one. They was up two one. They was up two one, and that's in Game Four. That's when uh, uh, McHale closed line Rambis. Rambis. Close line Rambis. And remember, after Game Three, Bird called him out. Mm-hmm. Said they were soft and they was a bunch of punks, the Celtics, and they were playing like a bunch of punks. Right. And then game four was in the form and they came in there and won in overtime. And then after that, it was just like, you know, the Celtics won game five. We won game six. Right. And then Magic, you know, had his meltdown in game seven. You know what I mean? So he had his meltdown in game yeah. seven. And like he just four. went, I heard a phrase, brain fart. That was, it. Yeah. I mean, that was even That was even before, uh, before uh, Chris Webber. Oh yeah, yeah without a doubt. Even, that was even before. Without was a guy the center from North Carolina did the same thing. Ostertag, did he do the same thing? Not Ostertag. It was uh, a big center that did the exact same thing. I could be confusing it, but anyway, you know, like I said, I'm too old and I can't remember. I digress. Yeah. But you you were just mentioned when you just had to stand up for your Lakers in '84. Yeah. When was the first time you ever to stand up for the Raiders? I had to stand up for the Raiders in like like I think it was I don't know remember the year, but I remember the game. 
Mm-hmm. When when the Raiders kept, they got they excuse me, they got they butt whooped. No, you can say ass, sir. They You're grown up. Ass say- handed to him, right? By Buffalo. Wow. <laughs> and, J- and Jay Schrader. Oh my God. Jay Schrader is the only professional athlete to make me cry. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Schrader used to throw interception after interception when it counted. And the Raiders is in the playoffs, and he throw interception after interception after interception in the playoffs, uh, and we would lose games. And I remember John Elway came in in the in the, in the uh, playoffs and beat us at the Coliseum. He came back, you know, John Ed, John Elway did what John right, Elway does, right, right. you know, he he just came back and whooped us. And you know, after we won that championship in '82, it was just like we were good, but we just couldn't get over the hump. So you and now, know, now did Jay Schrader come from? Did he come from Washington at the time? Was that yeah? He came he from. I, I think he came from Washington because that would have been because he would have left right after Doug Smith, Doug Doug Williams. Then it would have been Jay Schrader. Well, anyway, I'm not trying to timeline. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. You know, Jay Schrader. You know, you weren't even a fan with him, the team prior, but because you were such a, you know, uh, such a diehard. I keep going back to it that that game affected you because he let you down so many times. Oh my God, Jay Schrader. Was the ultimate? He he was Mister Letdown, you know, because we would that was during the Art Shell days, and we would make it to the playoffs. We would we'd be good enough to either win a division or 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 um or get the wild card. Right. You know, we would always battle with Denver. You know, San Diego was nothing at that time. You know, Kansas City was down for years. Right. You know what I mean? So it was always between us and Denver. Us and John Denver. Elway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and John Elway. You know, so we would either win a division or get the wild card. Or John Elway would, you know, uh, win the division to get the wild card. For right. some reason, we would end up always matching up with them or Buffalo. And I, at that time, Buffalo was on the come up. You know what I mean? But we, what, what made me cry was just we stuck with Jay Schrader. We stuck with Jay Schrader. You know, when we should have been playing Vince Evans. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Another, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We should have been playing Vince Evans. Yeah. I, I wonder know? what college he went to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I want yeah. me too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Now, so, so, not that you had to stand up and defend the team from a to from another person, you had to defend your basically your. I wouldn't say I'm not trying to make it simplistic, but you had to defend your your heart because it broke right. your heart. Right. And I and think the, that's one of the things that kind of top, makes you become diehard because it's an emotional interest. Right. And not only that, at the, remember at that time in the late 80s, in the, in the mid-80s, late 80s, we couldn't really wear Raider gear. Right. Be- yeah. Because that symbolizes the gang stuff in right, right. at that time. So we were Raider fans, but we couldn't wear Raider gear. Right. Isn't that crazy? Right, right, right. Remember <laughs> the starter know, jackets? And yeah, you, the starter you know, jackets and all it, of that. You, you try it on in, in the store, but realize you can't walk out the store with that. With that right. You know, like I, my, 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 I had a, a Lakers starter jacket, but we couldn't really wear We could wear it when we got to school. But once we was leaving school, we basically had to take it off or somebody was going to drive up to the bus stop in jackets for it. Here's a flash. <laughs> you see, here's a flashback. You're right. Here's a flashback. Do you remember the starter jacket I had in junior high school? Which one did you have, Chris? I had a red St. John's Redmond starter jacket. Wow. That's red, crazy. Red, red. Going to Audubon, too? Going to <laughs> Had to walk to see the thing. Oh, man, there's so many stories. Yeah, but where, about. where you was walking from, though, you was oh, all yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. Well, once I got, there used to be a uh, department store. Now it's a mall called the Broadway. Right. And if you walk right through it, once you crossed into 
basically the boundary between one gang and another gang, like the de- demilitarized zone per se. Right. You had to watch your neck. So that St. John's Redmond, this is before St. John's became the storm now. We're talking St. John's Redmond. The Redmond, most, right. The most, uh, maybe not the most politically correct name to use, but it was red with blue, it, but nobody saw it. Blue people saw it as black, but blue old English writing, which in LA during that time was basically gang writing. Yes. But I didn't care because I loved, I was a, my fa- college basketball was always St. John's. Right. You know, it was Bill Winton, you know, Glass, you know, like I said, Chris Mullen, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Jackson, all yep. back then, Rose, the rest of, you know, all that stuff. Yep. So that was my fanaticism, but it was stupid because I shouldn't have been, I could have put my, in fact, I had put myself in situations walking to and from between wearing that jacket on. Right. But, you know, it's, it's sad, you know, now everybody can do that now, but like you said, you can represent them, but you can't re- re- represent them outwardly. Right, right. You know, so it's, it's a different time now, so everybody can wear their, their fandom gear and no matter what color it is. But back then there, you had to keep your head on a swivel. They right. didn't want to hear about you being a, a St. John's fan. You know, mm-hmm. no, you wasn't a St. John's fan. You was a blood. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And you, and know, you got you your Dodger be... blue on. No, you was a Crip. You know, you ain't no Dodger fan. You a Crip. Yeah. You know and, and I can't remember what color it is, but I'm going to say you had the purple Laker jacket, right? With the Yeah, yeah the I had the, pur- the purple one. Did you have the white one? Not the purple one. I had yeah, the purple one. Yeah, the purple one. Yeah, because I remember yeah. the purple one. And you, I mean, if you anybody seen the Pert Laker purple, that is the brightest purple you can possibly next to Barney. You're going to be seen from all around. Right. So if, if they didn't want your jacket because you were a game member, they would want it because they want to have it. Right. Or purple was was for Grape Street. For Grape Street, yeah. But luckily, yeah. when we went to Audubon, was so far away. But you never right. know. You'd be in the wrong place, wrong time. You know. Next thing you know, you're you're cold the rest of the evening because someone had snatched your jacket up. Right. Right. <laughs> so as, as we talk about your outward symbols, you know, your, your like I said, your, what you wear now, as an adult, or as you're, you find now, you, you find yourself, you can wear that stuff because you're representing full fullest. How do you, how does your fanaticism, your diehardness, if that's a word, translate to you being an adult now and in the age of social media? Oh, uh, I'm just, I, it translates because I think I'm, it's more freedom now to, to, to represent your team in your team colors, you know, and, and, and being from LA, you have to get used to that. You know, right. like a, we just had the discussion about what you could wear and what you couldn't wear, mm-hmm. you know, but as an adult, you know, you can wear anything. I might walk out of here like today. I had on my Dodger blue today. You know, I had my blue Dodger hat on with some blue shorts, some white shirt, blue and white shoes, you know, but but I, ha- I was Dodgered up. Yeah. And luckily you know now I mean? these days lost the Dodgers. Because they are doing well because they have the we don't really talk about the angels unless you live in Orange County. Right. Which is right. about 20, 30 miles away from us. That's universal. So any if you think about it, anybody wears the Dodgers, no matter what gang, what nationality, you're you're a Dodger fan because that's what everybody's widely accepted. Right. So it's a and lot it's, easier. It's more of a pass now. There you go. You there know you what go. I mean? Mm-hmm. So they okay, it's looked upon now as 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 you wearing your team colors. You know what I mean? You know, as opposed to back in the day, no, you affiliated with the gang, right? You know what I mean? So, so it's you know my I, I, fanaticism as our word. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I don't want to see. It is you're a fanatic. You're a fan. I'm a fan. I'm just making. I'm taking it to the end. I mean, you're not. Like I said you're not the one painting your face, or you're not. You know, you're not putting on the 
the Laker warm up, you know, the the what do you call the button down? What do you call it, the uh, rip away pants? Right, right, right. And the, and the tight old champion thirty two jersey. No, I'm not, not like in full that. uniform. You're, I'm not talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, you're not sponsored. You know what I'm saying? Right, I'm right. I'm not getting paid but, you know, for that. <laughs> you may, if you like Kobe, you may wear Kobe's. You know, you mm-hmm. may buy, you may buy a nice, you know, hat, something outwardly representing. Yeah. But you have those. But now you have that. You take that outward out in the streets, like you're saying now. But how does that translate to you when you're in social media, where everybody has an opinion, everybody's on the bandwagon or bandwagon or been loving the Patriots since you know Eason, Tom Brady, right? Since Eason, you know, right. they've, been, they've been running since uh, Craig James was uh, running back there, right? No, these, you know, with the the age of people, you know, they outward, you know, they call it virtual signaling. They're telling you what they do, sort of virtual signal, where they're saying, "This is what I represent. This is who I am." You got you got to accept me, right? Well, you know, how's that? How you feel about that when you're a diehard? I, I mean, I, me personally, I love it. I mean, because I, you know, each season, every season, I change my name. You know, I'm right. I'm, I'm Tim on social media. I'm Tim Raider Nation Cage. Mm-hmm. I'm Tim Laker Gang Cage. You know. Uh, sometimes I w- I've been We Are SC Cage. Right. You know what I mean? So, you now, know. For, so now, just in case you I've been know, Tim you Dodger you Blue Cage, you know. See, I think we do we have to blurt, bleep these uh, names out so you don't get in trouble? No, I'm not going to get in trouble because okay, I'm, sure I'm, not, not, oh, wait, wait, yeah. I'm not getting paid or sponsored by anybody. <laughs> so. <laughs> so nobody's yeah, going to sue me. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? There you go. You know, there my you page go. is private. So, you know, if you oh, can't really. Fine. Look on my page and and put all that crazy stuff on there. If I don't know who you are, so there you go. There you, you know go. what I mean. So, but you know, I, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, social media just gives us another outlet to to. I'm a sports debater, you know. So I I'll debate about sports in a friendly way. It's nothing negative, nothing nothing nasty. You know what I mean? I, I love to debate sports. I mean, that's that's what I like to do. You and, know what I mean? And- and going back to when you said how emotion, Jay Schrader emotionally affecting you and your mom introducing you to that, do you find yourself, and I'm relating this to social media, being more of that emotional person, like say when you watch a Laker game or a Dodger game or a USC game, that when in real time you see them messing up on TV, you're sending something, a tweet out or Instagram out or an emoji out about how you feel about what just happened? I am. I do. You know, because I – me being a former athlete, I, I I see the game for more than what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So so, I don't I don't too much particularly when I critique sports, I critique it from an athlete's point of view, not from right. a fan's point of view. Because sometimes fans don't understand what athletes go through. You know, right. and you know, like what we used what we call time score situation. Right. You know what I mean. I understand sometimes why an athlete did this or did that. You know, whereas a fan, well, yeah, well, why he didn't make that shot, right? Or why he didn't make that putt, you know right. what I mean? Or mm-hmm. how could he look at that third strike? Or come on, ump, or come on, ref, you shouldn't have made that call at the time. Now you know I'm, I'm, mean? I'm going to pause you right here and give another full disclosure. He is a very high efficient uh, CIF high school football referee, so he understands. I don't know if he's you know saying this because he has a soft spot for referees, but We'll leave that for you to judge. Well, no, I, I, I by me being both, mm-hmm. being a high-level athlete and a high-level official, I understand both how both feel in certain situations. I think that's what makes me a better official. 
you know, so right. somebody who's actually been in the wars. So if a guy in a heated situation is yelling and screaming at me, then I can get it and I can let it go because I understand his emotion. Right. You know what I mean? It's a part he don't agree with me because to be honest, when I was playing, I hated referees. <laughs> right. I hated referees. I used to think like, oh my God, they cheating and dot of this and not of that. And, you know, but then once I became one, I'm like, he ain't cheating. He just got to call the game the way he needs to call the game. Now, mind you, sometimes they need to keep their emotions in check. And so does players. See, a lot of time, players don't, players think they can just talk to a referee any old kind of way, you mm-hmm. know, and a referee is just supposed to take it. But then vice versa, sometimes a referee don't need to have rabbit ears, you know what I mean, and just try to walk away. Now you now you saying that does your rabbit ears become more profound because you are a fan? Like say you're at a Raider game, you're at a bar, you know you're at game, you know uh, you're at a, whatever game you're at now, and you hear somebody talking like that. Do you still does those ears perk back up because you are more of a fan than you are official, knowing the ins and outs of the game? It depends on the call. Now it depends on the call. Now sometimes you know, like in football, there's holding on every play. Mm. I, I I can attest to that. On every play, somebody's holding, whether it's offense or defense. Somebody's holding. Okay, but you can't call holding on every play because you get no rhythm to the game. And then you, nobody wants to see. My, my saying, this is what I live by as an official. Mm-hmm. Nobody came to the game to see the ref throw flags all day. You know what I mean? So, you know, no, the best referee is the one that could just, after the game, just walk off the field. And don't nobody say anything except for the losing team. Of course, the losing right. team is always the losing team is always going to say it's the ref's fault. Well, it's funny you say that. Now I'm going to ask. I'm going to say this to you: Have you ever, whatever team, like I said, Dodgers, USC, Raiders, Lakers, have basically felt that way about? Oh, it's a bad call. You know, it's a bad call but you know you shouldn't have won there or got that down at first down. And yes. the other part that happens to you. Yes, and, and vice versa, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the tuck rule. Right, right, right. <laughs> the tuck rule. That was a fumble by Tom Brady. But they went deep, deep, deep into the rule book on the tuck rule. Like, are you serious right and now? And that just feeds the mystique of you being that Raider fan that – all right. the NFL's against you. Right, right. But, you know, there's been things, other things that's going on, you know, like you can't sue your employer, a la Al Davis suing the league. Right, right, right. <laughs> and expect right. an outcome. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, I mean, but that was, I used to think that way before I became an official. Like, oh, you know, the Raiders is, you know, everybody, the, the officials are against the Raiders, but it's, you know, coincidentally, the Raiders lead the, the league in penalties every year, which I don't understand. You know what I mean? But I've been on the other side where in the meeting they say, well, okay, well, we need, we need to watch out for this. We need to watch out for that. You know, da-da-da-da. So you go in, you know, it, it's, just, but, it's, it's, part you, of the, it's part of the game. Right. Do you think the love of the Raiders allows you to feel that way? Like it allows you to not be objective? Like to say, you know what, you know, even though it was a good call, even though they did reach into the bottom of that rule book to pull that tuck rule. 
I'm so I'm uh, as a referee, I'm more <laughs> objective now. Okay, I'm more yeah. objective now than I was before. Because I quite didn't understand. See, people think they watching the game, they know all the rules. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? No, you don't. You watching the game only, you only know half the rules. If that, if that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you have to get in and and indulge yourself into a, a rule book of a game, a la football, basketball, baseball, soccer, tennis, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to indulge yourself in. But before that, I was I was totally biased on it. Like, you know, like 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 as a Raider fan, I was just like, man, we how can we lead the league in penalties every year? And then you would mm-hmm. watch their game and they're calling all of this pass interference or whatever, and then you'll watch another game, and he's like, well, why they didn't call that? But I understood that and, it's, and this goes especially in basketball, mm-hmm. uh, officiating is subjective. Okay. You'll never get the same game officiated the same way back-to-back. Each game is officiated different because each person's rules or interpretation is subjective to the game. Right. You know what I mean? So me and you, Chris, can be working the game together and we can be working a totally different game. You know, I'm, wow. hey, I, yeah. I might be the guy in basketball. Perfect example is basketball. I mean, football and, and, and baseball, the rules are kind of kind of universal and they kind of match. But in basketball, it's the most subjective game to officiate because I might be an official where, you know, as me being, especially me being an ex-athlete of playing basketball, that I don't mind the physical play. Right. You know, but a guy has never played the game. If you bump a guy, oh, that's a foul. Me, if I played the game, you bump a guy and he don't lose the ball, but he still has the ball, keep playing. You didn't lose the ball, nothing happened. Just keep right. playing. You know, but a guy that has never played the game, you bump the guy 94 feet in, oh, that's a foul. No, just let him play. Okay. <laughs> you know okay. I mean? Yeah. Let him play. So, so even though even though you were even before you became a referee, even even after you you played the sport and and moved on into into your professional life, you you still understand. Even though, like I said, you are a referee, you still understand that there is no wavering in your fanaticism or in your diehard, and you just being a fan. Right. I'm just being a fan. I'm just being a fan. You know. And then when, for example, I might not agree with a call during the game because I go to a lot of Raider games. And I might not agree with a call during the game. And I might sit back and watch the game again and look at it as a football official. I'll be like, well, you know what? That was the right call. <laughs> you know what I mean? I might see the mm-hmm. replay and be like, well, that was the right call. You know what I mean? And, and, and change my opinion on that. You know, so it's a double-edged sword for me. Okay. You know, I have to separate my fandom from what's right. You know, and uh, I wish, I wish, and I sometimes I wish that a lot of people would do that. You know, I don't but, think that's for for a fan such as yourself. That's that's probably that's very truthful to say. Very honest, right? Like, okay, well, at the time I might be like, oh, that was a messed up call, and how could he call that? And then I look back at the replay, and oh yeah, that was a foul. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's funny. yeah, that was a foul. He got them all on the wrist. You know what I mean? He didn't let him come down, you know, you know, or something like that. But live right. action, I'm like, how can he call that? Right. Let's see if it's right. a tie score. And you know what I mean? And, and, you know, I'm not. See, a lot of officials are afraid to make the call, especially at the end of the game. 
You know what I mean? No, what you know, if you're gonna call at the beginning of the game, you gotta call at the end of the game. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. I think that's what separates me. You know, I'm gonna call that call. I'm not afraid to make that call. I'm not, especially if it's if it's true. If it's an honest foul or an honest hold or a pass interference, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm not going to be afraid to make that call. No so coach, watch the tape. Right, right. So you just, <laughs> you're just as determined or just as focused as being a fan of a sports team than you are to actually refing a sports game or officiating a sports game. Oh, yeah, because I want when, when, when as an official, you, all you want as an official is when you assign the game, and the coaches know that you're coming to the game because they know during the week who's assigned to the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, he's a fair official. You know, he's fair. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's my favorite word in officiating is fair because when I come and go, I like when, hey, man, okay, he, he's a fair official. So we're not going to be distracted by what he calls, you know, because I'm going to call it. I'm going to explain it to you. And we're going to move on. I'm not going to have a running conversation with you about it because, you know, that, you know, coaches are smart. You know, coaches try to right. distract you. You know what I mean? No, coach, we're not going to have this, this, this running conversation about the game or my call. We're going to move on. Right. You know what I mean? And, and my call in the first quarter is not going to cause you to lose the game. But at the, same, but at the same time, to button this all up and close it out, mm-hmm. that call from, from New England – and that tuck rule still affects you till this day. Oh, yeah, because that was a fumble. <laughs> you see, ladies and gentlemen, you see these people, you see this brother. This brother's <laughs> definitely a fan. He just spent, he waxed nostalgic about how great he is. It doesn't matter because at the end, it was, that was still a fumble. A fumble. That was still a fumble. And anybody, that, anybody that tells you it's not, it's crazy. Wow. Wow, that is funny. Tim, you are one funny dude. That's hey, what, a bubble, man. Oh, man. Before we close out, man, I want to get your thought on a random topic, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. I'm going to say something. It's basically a would you rather. I'm going to say it, and I want you to be truthful. There's no right or wrong answer. I want you to be truthful from the heart. Okay. And, and recently, we've been seeing videos of the uh, Nipsey Hustle Slap, right? You, I know you've seen that already. Yeah, the victory slap. Oh, the victory slap. Yeah, <laughs> I like the little breakdown. How they break it down. Elbow bent at 90 degrees, spit flying out their mouth. Yeah, so you've seen the slap. So my right. would you rather question is this. Would you rather be slapped like that on videotape by Nipsey Hussle or be knocked out on videotape by Nipsey Hussle? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, let me see. I have a rationale already because I've been, you know, of course, I thought of this question. I said, I already, you know, I don't want to say mine first. I would rather be slapped so at least I'm still on my feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then everybody, like, the, he got slapped on that video and then everybody kind of rushed in. If you got knocked out and you just land there and knocked out, that's not a good look. Well, here's my rationale. In the age of everybody who has computers and laptops and all kind of computer programs, they can put that slap to music. They can put that slap will be on a song. It'll be on a Little Wayne song years from now of you getting slapped over and over again on that song. It's been, if you look at videos on YouTube, there are a thousand, if not tens of thousands of videos of cats getting knocked out. I would rather get, want to get knocked out. Really? Than to be slapped. You would rather? Me, 
Okay, go ahead. Till this, I'm 46 years old. I used to work at the YMCA. We used to have after school care. Mm-hmm. During after school care, we played kids. Kids like 10 years old. He, uh, we played Connect Four. Some, he, before they started telling kids they were on some type of spectrum, some you know some some spectrum as far as autism is concerned. This is probably one of the kids, smart, bright, but just socially wasn't all the way there. But he loved uh, Connect Four. Mm-hmm. We're playing Connect Four, and if you didn't win, if he didn't win, he would get upset. So I would play, and then you know people would normally just be like, "Okay, we'll just let him win, just go so keep him social." I'm like, you know what? Forget that. I'm gonna try to win. Right. And I'm gonna say, okay, one time we played, he got Connect Four, he didn't see it, I said I can block it. No, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be cool. I'm not gonna do it. He does it again. I'm gonna win. Right. He puts the puts the the checker in the wrong hole. Bam, Connect Four. This little, I'm going to call him shit. This little shit reached his hand back like some pimp in New York in the 70s and slapped the shit out of me. He legalized it on you, Chris? He, his hand smelt of fine leather and cologne. That's how much of a pimp slap that was. It knocked the taste out of my mouth until this day. If I ever see him or his kids, I will punch his ass as far as I can. So that's why I would definitely want to be knocked out before I get slapped. But see, yes, I mean, but at least if you get slapped, you still on your feet. If you get knocked the fuck out, as Chris as, as Chris Tucker said, right. you got knocked the fuck out. That means you don't know what's going on while you knocked out. People standing up over top of you, giving you smelling salt and all the whole nine. Hey, you know I won't. I mean? I'll be checked out. I'll be checked out. <laughs> You can fill me in later. Fill me. I watch the tape. But for even after you get slapped, remember a slap is not a punch. A punch right. means I give you enough credit of being a man or a woman that I'm going to ball my fist up and try to hurt you. Right. He said you're not man enough. You're not on my level. You know to to be politically correct. So I'm going to open my hand and swipe it across your cheek at a high rate of speed. Okay. That to me is, you know, that's almost equivalent to back in the back in the old days. We used to take this, the 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 uh, glove off and slap you across the face. No. Right. Punch, right. Punch me. Don't slap me. So that's why I, I think so. But you know. Well, we see? have to we have to agree to disagree on that because I would rather be on my feet than on my back. <laughs> I would rather I would rather watch the tape after it's all over and we all think about it after that. Hey, you Tim, said cut to the tape. Cut to the tape, brother. <laughs> Fill me in. You can bring Max Kellerman. He can give you blow by blow. I do Make not slow want it down in the whole line. Huh? Because, and, and I hate to, I'm almost going to close it, but I keep going back. How are you going to get slapped and then people are trying to pull you away and they're trying to run away? What are you going to slap them back or are you going to punch them back? See, it creates a whole new <laughs> You know, do you go, okay, he's thinking, I'm going to hate to be bad. Well, he thinks I'm a bitch, so now i got to be a bitch to him by slapping him? <laughs> See, that's a whole, just knock me out. I wake up, I go, uh, yeah, sure, if that's what happened, happens, I agree with you. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, Tim, man, thank you so much for being on the Storytime Podcast. Really oh, man, thanks for having me, man. Hey, invite yeah. me back, please. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Like I said, our, our, our story time, like I've told the, the people listening, story time is not just necessarily about sports. It's going to be about anything, something mundane. I just want to know why you like what you like, why you do what you do, and how that translates to you being 